Hey everyone, welcome back to Secret Sonics. This is episode 187 with Stephen Cole. I had a great chat with Stephen and we talked about so many things, including being a self-taught product of the bedroom recording boom, building up a palette of sounds and recognizing the context of a sound, building a studio in a church. We talk about getting great drum sounds and relying on the room. To quote Stephen, it's all fake, pick your fake. The importance of quick decision-making, transparent communication with artists, having separate spaces for recording and mixing. He talks about tracking a band in a room with headphones on, how video affects a performance, and living a creative life, and everything in between. This was a great chat. I really enjoyed it. I think you will too. So without further ado, here's my chat with Stephen Cole coming up right here on Secret Sonics. Hey everyone. If you're a music studio professional who wants to build deeper relationships with better clients, former guest of the show, Carl Bonner, has created some free educational resources for you. The link is in the show notes below, so go check it out. You're listening to Secret Sonics, a podcast exploring the creative side of music production. Join us weekly for honest conversations with real-world music producers and audio professionals. Welcome back to Secret Sonics. I'm your host, Ben Wallach. My guest today is Stephen Cole. Stephen is a music producer and audio engineer based out of Liverpool, England. He's also the co-founder and producer of multi-genre veterans, APAT. And he's also the owner of What Studio. Steve and I connected a while back online, and I finally got around to inviting him on the show, which he's graciously agreed to do. So with all that to say, welcome to Secret Sonics, Stephen. Hello. How are you? <laughs> oh, oh, you know, fine. Just in my... In my world. We could just pretend that we didn't go through a whole technical Zoom snafu and rant, but but yeah. here we are on it's the other side of it, hopefully. <laughs> real, live, alive and on the internet. Absolutely. And we've both got RE20s as well, haven't we? That's cute. It's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I love the RE20. Yeah. So I, I, before we get into things like RE20s and stuff, uh, you know, I don't want to go too deep into the origin story, but a little bit of that origin story of like how you got to where you are today. You know, owning a studio, working in uh, the band that you're working in, and all the audio engineering things that you're doing. Tell me a little bit of a brief TLDR history. Uh, how brief? Pretty, uh, you know, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Okay. I like trying things out. I think play is really important. And I think music is uh, like a license to still play. And there's loads of variables inside and out of that, whether it be to do with craft or technology or people or whatever. And I think I've always been interested in doing it like a lot. So from quick, I was interested in making music and recording music and understanding it more. But I, I'm not like a trained musician from an early age or anything like that. So I've come at it from a really a different angle to other people and a very open-ended exploratory thing so I think that the music I made when I was young fed into the music I made when I was slightly older fed into the style of how to make it cheap was always the game you know it was always like the home recording I've spoke about this on other things like that. I'm, I'm definitely a product of the home recording boom and finally seeing the quality shifting in bedroom production we'll call it or whatever so I was kind mm -hmm. of totally into that and the style of music that permeates. And I would say a lot of people are similar. And as the quality got better, 
the music changed because of that as well. And in regards to owning a studio, that was like just a very everything's been really natural i feel I, I i was asked to make records for other people and i would join in and and just because i had the equipment i could do that and i would do it and someone likes some of the stupid music i make so they would request it so that's how i got starting to work with other people i opened a private studio essentially for my own it was to do the records of whatever i wanted to make of my own music and things like that whilst i was there i made a few other records for other people and then it's led to me it was it was it was all kind of legal things it was to have people in the space i had to have public liability insurance so then when you've got public liability insurance you've got to a certain point of organizing something and then you know three months later i'm like i might as well get someone into someone else's asked to do it i suppose i'll make their record you know so everything was super <laughs> natural if if you're like rather i i I've, I've said this before as well. I'd, I would never have designed the idea of opening up a essentially kind of like a demo studio. But like my understanding of where that is these days is beyond what we knew when we were 20, when I was thinking of things like that. Yeah, I would never have done this <laughs> as this plan because it's just, it's insane. It's just so hard to do a studio, but I absolutely love it as well. And I think my own music has informed this strange understanding maybe of how to produce other people's work because it's such a varied act that I've worked in in my own uh, writing and with everyone I've, who's been a member as well. You know, I've I've worked on so much different material that I find it a breeze to just work on a band who have like just a sound or, or it's it's mm. like the the mix decisions are they want to sound like Joy Division or what, you know, or think it's, it's a lot more simpler, like brief than the things I've worked on prior. So I love it as well. Cause it's, 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 it's leaning on years of, of, of other explorations. Yeah. So I don't know what the question is, but it's something to do with play <laughs> and combining all your ideas of what you want to do at your time. Really, you know, yeah, and, and you have to earn money on the way, right? So, 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 so there's um, turns into a business. It turns into a business, but I'm so I'm such a lucky person that didn't. I, I'm just lucky because you know to do this is ridiculous. It's just a silly thing to spend your time doing. You know, it's great. Yeah, well, so I'm assuming you're basically all self-taught. Was there anybody along the way that kind of helped show you the ropes? Any mentors? Uh, for sure, it's difficult to say really because I, I was always. It was my friends more than other things probably and people have worked with rather than a specific tutor because it's about discover it i found certainly because i say it's not it's not i mean i did do an audio engineering hnd in england uh, so like <laughs> so, so there's people in who i've sat in classes but i mean i currently have a mentor and my my, my my recent mentor and this is only over the last like three years is a, a chap called joel hamilton and he's based in new york so I, i've i've been sending him annoying messages for for a, for a while now and that's that's interesting because i've never had actual direct mental mm. I've, I've never had that uh, and i didn't work in another studio either so i didn't watch although i've worked at places and been at, on sessions and done the usual thing i've observed and done things where i've just gone i don't want to do that i want to do it the other whatever, whatever. <laughs> right you've been you've been beating to your own drum basically <laughs> somewhat yes and I, I, I i've got really peculiar music tastes so so when i was ever presented with a standard session i'd be just like this is just you know it just wasn't what i would, would want to do at all hmm. or the sound there was a lot of I, I was a little bit more i'm a lot more open to other people's approaches these days obviously but 
I was quite forthright in my in my understanding of what I was interested in. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I feel like yeah, when you're when you're younger, you're so passionate about it, whatever genre it was that like got you hooked into music. For sure. And as you get older, you kind of realize it's kind of cool to like different different things. Like I would never admit to liking a pop song when I was a teenager, but I have no problem admitting I like a pop song now as a 36-year-old, you know? <laughs> yeah, it it wasn't quite like that kind of like stuff. It was more about closed-minded repeating processes that people seem to do that I don't know. I used to have like a real horrible thing for like mix bus reverbs <laughs> or something like that. If I heard just the same, like it's just quick and it's just shit and I just hated it. And, but there's a funny aesthetic to that now. <laughs> so, like, you know, I'll defo dip mm. into that willy nilly if I'm trying to do something like that. But anyway, yeah, yeah. You, you have these formative areas and I had some very like peculiar Interesting. Uh, points of view, maybe. It's, it's kind of like <laughs> that Flea Foxes record, the first Flea Foxes record, which is a nice record, but it had the same reverb over the entire record. And it's starting to like be like, hey, can we get a different verb up on this I mean, that, 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 that's kind of like an almost good use of it, though, if you ask me, because that's using like your, <laughs> your 60s trashy, uh, you know, uh, spring reverb to sound a bit like the Mamas and Papas or whatever. And uh, so that's a good thing. But as, uh, but can you take an album of just that quote, that 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 production quote? Can you take a whole album of that production quote? That's what. Yeah. That, but I love things like that, really. But I'd, I, I like to put like 15 of them in about a minute or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> also, was there like an aha moment or like a specific record maybe that kind of made you say like, I need to, I need to get into production. I need, to, I need to get into recording more. Good question. I was always into like strange music. I was quite lucky. I had a funny old sister and a funny cousin and they gave me funny music from an early age. So on hindsight... It's it's not surprising that I, I, I listen to things the way I do or have done or whatever, but I, I think I started enjoying the sounds of music in stages. So so it was like I was quite interested in the uh, like I was obviously into rock music as a kid and I was quite interested in the like the dry. It was like thrash and very heavy things, etc. And I was quite interested in the dry quality and the produ- and the production of the of the percussive things, and that's probably just an early trigger of like oh that sounds like good i like you know i like and i started like discerning the difference between because when you think about rock music some people who can't who, who listen to it just say oh it all sounds the same it's because it, it all sounds the same that's why but there's these like subtle differences and once you get into like the minutiae of rock we're talking about like what pedals they use now aren't we like this is what the world spins on the whole rock world but like really it's quite it's quite a straightforward thing but the minutiae of that is is forever especially with like tone and choices so i guess yeah. i got into that quite quickly and then i got into the concept of of drummers um not being able to actually do most of the things that you have in mind so immediately <laughs> like you quickly go into like drum machines and programming and then it's like ah uh, well i need to well i can just record that really easy it sounds good and then so there was a lot of like uh, things leading to things where I guess my ears were open up like stage by stage and like borrowing synthesizers and then realizing what a synthesizer does. And you're like, fucking hell, that sounds amazing. You only have to press a thing. And, and, and like just, just noticing, like learning the sound world and the sound palette. A lot of this I think is very, it's, it, it's useful to think contextually to like uh, a place or time if you're thinking about a sound because it's just much quicker to, you know, diagnose if you go that way or oh, that drum machine is going to be a cr78 or it's going to dx7 on the the bells road sound you know if you, you can quickly navigate through that 
And the more you know your history of, of these things, the more you're going to be able to like find the sound you want. And I think mm. like all of that messing around as a, as a youngster leads to understanding that quicker and better. And you know, uh, I think I think contextual studies in 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 um, production is a really relevant topic uh, and should be paid attention to if you want to be able to access your sound banks as quick as possible. And that goes for compressor styles to EQ style. You know, this is all contextual. And the more you know your historical, like, uh, you know, flag, you're going to be able to just tap into that quick. I think that's a, a powerful thing. Mm. So I think we'll like, listen back to the music being made in this decade. They're going to have no idea because we're borrowing from literally everything now. Ah, but they'll know because it'll have a certain quality. So like something will be done to it. So it'll have the God particle on, right? And it's going to have a certain top end sizzle and it's got, you know, and it might be as loud as can be, but then also there's a lot of deceptive music now because people really can sound like something else from a different time zone and you can be tricked and like they will like they're, they're right down to like you know not even mastering it dead loud they, they will actually give you it quiet the way it would have been so this i have been tricked so that's so i'm talking shit there really it, it, you know. but yeah you, you, you're probably right and anything can be replicated now really well it's amazing really yeah it's really crazy the tools we have now and yeah. The access also just to music like you know we don't have to buy cds to understand to like figure things out we could just stream anything from any time mm. I, it's pretty I, I, it's I love pretty it. insane i do love it as an artist i i still don't feel like it's doing me any damage you know it's the same as really? when i had like copy tapes in under your bed or whatever it's like you go to the gigs and you buy a t-shirt and you do will support it that's, that's how i how i feel you just want people to hear your things don't you really yeah that's true. You get access to everybody. The problem is that you know, there's not as much ownership over it. Like when I bought a, when I bought that f- first Bush CD when I was 16 or 14 or whatever, <laughs> you know, that that was my CD. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I mean Bush though. Like that, it's right at the top of the. Like the, 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 there was, there's so much like un, unknown music that at least gets to some surface now, which in the past right. it, it was Bush and Elton John. Right. You know, like That's that. True. The reason, like everyone o- over thirty-five's got quite an embarrassing rec- CD collection, <laughs> and, which is now classed as proper dad rock and stuff. There's like kids laugh at or whatever. Here we are. Here we are. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's because that's all that was fucking available. Like we couldn't find anything right. else. It's like we had one shop and it sold us fucking Elton John and fucking Bush, or, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I came from a little sunny fishing village called Bootle, and there was two two record stores. One really a real one, uh, and it was okay. You know, but it was still at one rail, maybe thirty records that made some sense to your taste. That was that was you know. So you're buying you're buying things you regret, man. <laughs> you're buying the mass stuff for the masses, and you're say it's like the long end of the tail of the internet that kind of like Seth Godin talks about. And now we can kind of absolutely. all access all those little things. Yeah, absolutely. So you're, so you're all for it. <laughs> yeah, let's just wind it down. Devolution, man. Devo. All right, nice. I hear that. Yeah, I guess that, that kind of brings me to uh, the thought about, like, I don't know, the stuff that I checked out that you sent me before we got on this interview. Like, it's just so eclectic. It's all over the place. Like, the the Good. types of music you're working on and, and the different sounds and, like, yeah, the, the, the tonal palettes. I guess, uh, what, what do you look for in artists when, you know, when you're trying to see if they're a good fit or how do you think they find you? Good question. I think they currently are generally finding me, and it's used. I, it truly is the word of mouth thing, 
or, or like previous work speaking for it. I think that's mainly what goes on. I also think there's so much work, everyone can get a go of everyone. So like Liverpool's got a lot of music in it. So I think people like work with someone, see how they go and just move around. And it's so like, yeah, everyone, I think everybody gets a go. Um, and that's, that's pretty cool. And I think it goes without saying, I do straight, uh, I can approach the stranger genres than some of the people might know about, never mind know what to do it. Maybe. Often people might want to come to me and they might want to try something a little different. Um, and then they will find that I'm not really, it's not about getting something different. It's about capturing them. And then we usually form like a pretty good bond from that point once once that's figured figured out. There's an aspiration, isn't it, to like, uh, he does like stranger, like no, uh, more aggressive things or more weird or more pop. Because, I, I, you know, I try, I try to go to the extreme ends, really. I don't do many like uh, uh, fellas playing acoustics or you know things like that. You know that that that's not, and I and I have done and and I and usually will work on some other way and work on the material in a different way. If someone's got a thing, I'm well into like that. If I can spot they've got something that you go, oh look at that, they're um, it's it's beautiful. <laughs> they're it's a beautiful uh, singer. I mean that's 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 rare, and when it happens, you can. And if they're playing supporting material and it's just beautiful, you're like, okay, so we can make a whole beautiful record here. Or um, if someone's angry at something, <laughs> and they write these like electronic things, you know, you can work low. You know, you, there's there's no end of new material to just play with that. So I do a lot of work with people, but uh, in in a production. For, uh, trying to involve production from the from the beginning is is super important, and that means like from the meet very first meeting of talking to them and finding out what they're into, and where they want to go as a not as an artist because that just sounds like silly. But what you know they're about to spend a lot of money sometimes. What do you want from this? <laughs> is is mm-hmm. is kind of like a really cool way to frame it. I think what do you want, and often people just say, oh, you know, oh, I just want to get get it done and, and out and you're like how oh, so do you want plays do you want um right. radio what do you want blah 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 blah. so like you can kind of narrow down some some decisions i think things like and i say this to a lot of my cl- you know the people i work with you know you, if you're trying to get radio play you can't have a long intro it's a it's a standard conversation that com- that comes up and if you've got if you feel it should be longer that's fine but it you're not going to get that thing so these are just like simple like decisions that like will get uh, them to the place they want to get to and if they don't want to adhere to that that's even better <laughs> because then we're just making music and that's brilliant but like you must keep in mind if you if you want to where you want this to go and sometimes it doesn't get spoke about and uh, it should have and it might have just saved a little bit of confusion why they're not getting to where they want to with their, with their things right um so I, yeah. I yeah so i so i find like pre-production yes is is so vital in the production yes it's 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 imperative that's the phrase i'll use yeah like i just sat down with somebody and i was like what's your goal like are you trying to make something that will be an ep that you'll try to like promote and help you start touring or play shows or whatever or is it just like you want to make music for the record to show that this is music that i created now today and he's like, no, it's really the second. Like, I'm not interested in like becoming a recording artist, but I really want to 
do this song as like a, as like just because I'm an artist and do it properly. And I'm like, okay, so that's a totally different discussion, right? Mm. And it's I, like everybody says that second one. Everybody they, does, but they really want a bit of everything. Really, they want a bit of all of it. Some people do more than others. Though I've had people tell me, no, I re- I really want to be a, you know make a career. But maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it's most most of them. <laughs> yeah, but, but like yeah, it's something about like um, that term managing expectations, isn't it? And I I really want people to get to the point that they're intending to get to. And it's that's usually not through me picking a fucking compressor for a snare drum. It's with this stuff. It's all this conversation. If if this bit doesn't hit, the the, the production at the end's just still not going to work for them because this will be a bug in the in their bonnet still or whatever. So so there's a there's a few extra like you know layers to just picking the sounds and recording it well. Although um, I do adore working on a through. If if I can get that pre-production have the intention correct then we record to the capacity that they're about to 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 record in in my studio whatever that is how long they can afford to do or how long we need to do hopefully it's that latter one and then moving through to the to mix and even master if i can do the whole through thread i'm usually really happy because it's good then isn't it you know it's 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 like you it's like your own thing you're interested yeah. in it, you get to make a difference for them, whoever, whether it be a band who've, who've, who've made a, sometimes, you know, it takes a long time to do a record with a band sometimes. Sometimes they're yeah. only recording in the evenings and so it can take months and trying to keep people's, like, you know, enthusiasm Energy. up. Yeah, yeah, to, like, return months later to do these parts is, 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 is a thing in itself and then to try and get that to like a finishing line is, is a thing in itself and I think that that's like way much more like a part of the job than the sound stuff the sound stuff is relatively straightforward I've found yeah it's maintaining that kind of schedule and the all the logistics around finishing a record which is really what our job is as producers is to finish records right it turns out that's what it is yeah and it's a lot yeah. of different uh, other topics than than what you want to sit and do I'm, I'm assuming you're working like me like you just have like a lot of clients artists that you're working with and it's just kind of at the same time you're working on all these projects and you're just kind of like oh t- this week i have time you know at 12 o'clock and next week you know on tuesday you know and not you're not you're not like booking a band for like a, a week and making a record um it's it's mixed really so it, it's it's as you describe in both both ends so so where my actual studio recording facility is is in an actual church it's in it's in the attic space of a, of a church i'm not a member of the church but it's it's where it's where my studio is based um yes yeah, so we're gonna have to get into that <laughs> um and it's it's got its own caveats being a functional church so like that that kind of already dictates my calendar straight off so that so so when I'm not there, I know I I've got to be here doing some of this stuff or admin or what or I do some video work as well. So it's like it's it's that already kind of splits my week for me without me making any decisions. So that that that's I just take that as it is really. That just makes me have to do things at certain times for certain lengths of time. That alone is is fantastic. So so that works for me really. But do you ever book like a like a band for like? you know i don't know like a long chunk or it's or it's mostly kind of like in and out it's often uh it's 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 mixed for instance i'm mixing a album 
using uh, eWareworth High Note. It's a bit like Sampley or one of those kind of systems. So, mm. so, so, like it's one of those systems where you send them the WAV and they can make comments on the on the thing in real time and blah 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 blah. And they were really yeah. keen on doing it this way because they knew it was going to take a very long time. They're based in New Zealand, um, oh. and I've been with them from the conversational start. And they recorded there with liaise with me, and then they've sent the files like. And we're, they're writing it as they're doing this as well. Are you secretly working on a Flight of the Concords record, or am I just hoping for the best? Uh, that would be cool, wouldn't it? Um, no, but they are a two-piece. I could just say that, couldn't I? Yeah, I think you could. <laughs> they're a curious two-piece from New Zealand, I could say. <laughs> um, and they're, they're a crazy band that, that we're, we're working with, and they've got lots of guests as well. So they've been kind of like, I when I do send, they'll send it like a, maybe two or three songs at a time. I'll do a fresh mix, static mix, send them that. They agree with whatever. I put some energy into it in different places. They say yes or no, and then they will be inspired and write other bits. So it's been like an interesting little thing, but that's wow. been going on for like 18 months. So that's constantly going on. So if any time I've got a gap, I'll jump on some of that, which I'll be doing straight after this. Amazing. Other bands will book in for a very long period of time, but it might be things like every... Uh, Monday and Tuesday for a month. They, you know, that tends to be a frequent flyer, Mondays and Tuesdays. So, like, I will do, like, the full maybe 12 hours on both days, maybe eight, depends on the band. And that might run like that, and then we'll go into the mix stage, at which case I'll just then do that in my own, uh, managing my own times. It just depends on, on, on how the band can operate, because my facility is in the centre of Liverpool. So it's really good access, great location, etc. Um, so it's really easy for people to come in and just do like a four hour thing of an evening. So sometimes a band might come in six till 10 and they might do that every night of a week and they'll have done what they need to do. And then I'll move into the, into the mix stage. So yeah, I'm, I'm quite flexible how it can work and it depends on the artist. So like, because of the facility, it's a curious little facility and it sounds like that. If you, if you can see the pictures on the website there, it sounds mm -hmm. like it looks, it's, 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 it's roomy, but it's, a, it's such a nice, like kind of, there's these wooden kind of arcs, which have just got nice reflections, kind of, kind of zingy for a snare, really open, really warm, lovely for brass, lovely for any kind of like strings. Yeah. And it's pretty versatile. So I can like, I can, get a quite dry sound on the drums as well which is bizarre wow it's it's a, it's a very helpful facility for it doesn't feel like a studio as well there's a lot of light in there and yeah tell, tell me about how you found the space and uh, and maybe a little bit about how you built it my funny little act about 10 years ago maybe 12 years ago used to rehearse there with another band and it was it was a storage room for the church and i just started doing some recording and I just got like a, a little like Motu rig and I did a recording, just simple drum, blah, blah, blah. Took it home, listened, and I was like, oh, wow, wow. And it, 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 it was straight off the timeline. The drums were the best sound. I'd, and I'd been recording a lot by this point and I was always just getting these terrible. And I just realized it's, it's, it's the room. It's just yeah. the room. I want to hear a room. And I'd done staggered microphones and I'd done like early experiments with whatever crap I had. But I was just like, it's just, the same mics, the same drums, but the room is, the room is making, because like the traditional thing was I just dampen rooms. I just make everything dead. And that's great. It's great. But I, I really started to understand that when I hear a cymbal getting choked by something 
that or a snare. It's just it it's it's really limiting, you know. And I can I can deaden things easily. You can't expand it. So you know, and and this goes back to a call back to like this reverb thing. I couldn't understand why I was make like I'd, I'd have these terrible dead shit sounds with just you know if you're using like cheap mics and cheap drums in a crap room, like that's just just it just stings. And I just. <laughs> Just yeah. taking one thing out the equation, like oh, now it's in a good room. I was like, oh, this is uh, that's 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 way more important than all the other things I've been worrying about, actually. And that's just changing the room. So, I st- and also, I do like a small label. It's not a label. It's more like a channel um, called Postmusic. Dot info. Check that out. Oh like, yeah, I saw. If, you have like Postmusic TV on your website. All that, and it's we've got like a YouTube and there's, there's, there's the the sessions that are on uh, from the studio there. They're worth a look at. So like, I'll I'll yeah. just do like multicam things and you know blah blah blah. Um, but at one point I did a project where we did like thirteen bands in this disused cinema, and we like purposely put bands in curious places on the roof in in the boiler room, in this vast kind of like emporium looking thing and. Every, the, the 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 premise being it would just look cool and we'll just record it but obviously once i got the recordings back i started to realize that like things that i thought would be a terrible space actually were fucking great and like if i put a band in a bathroom like a horrible bathroom an actual set of toilets and there's like a member in each cubicle and there's a drummer and it's all tiled and it should be horrendous with the symbols, and it was. But I realised that you know I can just do this, 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 cut this. Anyway, I just I just realised that the rooms are interesting, and actually the character that you get from it is better than the payoff of going. I'm going to put a crap reverb plug in on it to make it sound like a room. Like that was what this like paradigm like shift in my brain was instead of like, and I, I, I yeah yeah anyway. Mm. You're all about capturing a band in their element, how they in the way that suits them and in a room that has a vibe. Yeah, and it's it's still kind of faked though. This is the this is the thing you can't have amp, you can't have the amps ruining everything and you know but if you really want to get that that tone <laughs> that tone you still just need the drums on, on and and this is like a very difficult thing to have to go through with with a lot of artists I find because it's like they they, they want to play with their big amps and my room isn't isn't the isn't the room to do that in really and if you want to be able to turn up those room mics and hear the drums sounding like that because I usually just demo I'll show I'll show you the difference with your amp on versus this thing where I can now smash the room mics on the kit and the kit sounds amazing and and your amp will now sound amazing too because we're going to do that separately and put that on multi mics and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So you you don't do like live recordings usually with the band in the room. I do for those sessions that you'll see on 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 that thing. So they will they will encounter the problems much like the cinema sessions I just discussed there. Um, but given the choice, and I want the choice, <laughs> if I <laughs> if I can if I can convince someone, and I usually do by just demoing the difference and just go. Here's the difference between the drum sound, between your amp on in the room with a twin at five or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's yeah. Um, so I'm so I'm a, I'm a big endorser of uh, reamping. I'm a big endorser of the UA Audio Ox uh, that 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 changed things up a bit. That's very useful. Um, and I love uh, playing live and using the takes from that or. It depends on the genre as well, you know. Like if, if it's an if it's an actual like naughty doom band, I mean you, you just waste. You can't. There's no point 
trying to change the, that that thing you just, really so you just need to get that right the way that the band probably wanted to do it but that's just a different kettle of monkeys and my my room isn't isn't the best for that i don't think yeah but it has a thing that it is best for and you've kind of been toning it in yes and and the performance of them being in the same room is is vital I, I find that i think that's another difference instead of being like sitting down on a couch through a thing with through a reamp into another like they're actually in the room together and like, they're very used to that uh familiarity of standing in a circle looking at each other in this nice it feels like a nice event to play together because it's a nice experience so I, like i can see people's performances yeah. being very measured because the sound's usually very good and like have these isolating it's all isolating headphones so they're effectively in a booth each or whatever and also i'm in the room i'm there with them doing the same thing um Mm, and you're also on headphones yeah and and if if i see an eyebrow flutter differently you know that if you if i'm i'm watching i'm not asleep in the other room on instagram or something i'm there i'm there, I'm there like with, well, i don't know how anybody does that <laughs> yeah, well people do behind walls don't they so like i've got no walls yeah. to hide behind really so if if i see the drummer like just looking a bit i can spot it straight away and it's like do you how are you with that what about that transition from that section to that section okay so we go you know so it's much quicker to just feed off of the right the performance i think when you're in this one one room facility which i love yeah i um, do love that also I mean, I'm in a, just this room, <laughs> so I, I don't track drums in here, but but being, when I do vocal sessions or any session really, just to be right here with them is yeah. so... A vocal for sure. Oh, it'd be so, it's yeah. just so slow otherwise. And, and that you need to be, you need to be yeah. there for them when they go down, basically. There's nothing more intense for me than vocal sessions. I just, I totally get into a zoned in set mode in my brain and like everything else is kind of like it's like a total tunnel vision i'm so focused on like the nuances between the different takes and how i can maybe comp them together and it's just like this total focus when i leave a, a vocal session i'm often like overwhelmed by like re-experiencing the, that side world of like oh fuck there's like a hundred whatsapps and, and and shit i gotta catch up on yeah but because i i just totally black it's like in this day where we're always being stimulated by all these different things outside of us it's like a, a kind of session where you're just totally focused all the way. Yeah, you know? it could be it could be quite intense. Same with like jazz players if they're doing um takes, and they all they've got have to take solos or you know or the head is fucking complex or something and it's all and with it's it's a roll of a dice, and I like that that they they they're some of the most intense sessions I think when you when it's like um, and that's through composed and they're doing live. That, right. that, that that's like fucking what you know so I, yeah. find, I find that's like that's that's on the edge that's where I yeah. feel, that's where i feel it's on the edge because they, they, they've only got so much time there's only so right. much players there's only so, right. uh, your lip you know horn players their lip goes after a certain time so like there's the, like yeah I, I, that, yeah. That, that's when i feel like and if yeah. I get something wrong, it's it's a bit like um, <laughs> wedding photography or something. If you get it wrong, right, you're in, you're in terrible trouble. And I feel the you same. Gotta just capture that live moment <laughs> as it happened. Yeah, and I feel That's the same. That's your job. Yeah, and I feel totally the same about that. And it's like microphone choice placement, where they are in the room, because I do a lot of jazz bands in there because the room really lends itself to it. Um, mm. uh, and if, yeah, and it's it's love that. Yeah, if you, there's a there's a particular record by uh, the Deportees, and it's called what session what session the ends they're calling it because uh, it, 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 it and that's a really good example of the sound of the tone of that, that that particular room. Oh, I'll have to check that out. I'm pretty sure it's on the things. 
Hey everyone, if you've made it this far into the episode, then you're probably a fan of podcasts that help your personal development in the music industry. Former guest of the show and fellow podcaster, Travis Ferentz hosts Progressions, a show about finding success in the music business. If you dig Secret Sonics, I have a feeling that you might enjoy his angle too. You can go check it out via the link in the show notes below. So go check it out. All right, back to the episode. It's it, it's always about that, isn't it? And like that, that, that that's been like, that's why I say I wouldn't have planned this because if I had planned what I wanted to do, how? Because there's no money doing the things I want to do. So I think I had to just work and like so. How how does that how did I get going? It was by constantly doing, being the uh, the person who, when something needed to be done, they'd ask me, <laughs> "Would right. you do this? Have you got that? Can you record the?" And I and I would. So like the more you get to be that type of person, uh, the better it is. So that when it comes to for some reason I have a facility, like that that nonsense kicking in. Then I haven't really had to do any asking for people. People just seem to have got in touch and said they wanted to record with me. That's very, very lucky, and I'm aware of that. So, um, and mostly it's it's good it's good stuff. You know, it's it's generally you put in the groundwork so that you can have like the good work now. Yeah, I mean, like I've 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 started to have um, like youngsters contacting me <laughs> there's a lot of people who want to who want to work in this industry you know i get a lot of emails just in my facility um and the main thing i say to them is that like you can all like we all have figured it out you can be a producer the minute you say you're a producer if you're good at it and the way you'll be good at it is that you will be producing people and the way you will be a producer is if you have people to work with that's it and like wow. that, that, like it's it's a simple dichotomy now, and like you know, equipment and things aren't part of that that equation so much. Which I I figured out in two in two thousand and eight, um, APAT released a a record which got like album of the week on Radio One, and I had like a, a Line Six UX One, no a UX Two, sorry, with a Behringer mic, you know. Twenty five pound C one, I think it was. Shit, and I and like I, it was just from sitting on the mix for you know a year <laughs> and tweaking things, you know. So like it, it was a very early uh, realization to me. It's like you, you you can put the hours in, you're going to get the mix you want, but it's a, you know it's and as everybody says, it's about the song and it's about the you know there's so many components that need to to hit that thing, but that's a different chat in in itself. Um, wow, that, I mean, that sounds like the answer to the final question of the show, which we'll get to. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> it's the answer to everything in life. <laughs> it's the answer to everything in life. So t- so how did you like acoustically treat the space that, you know, you're recording in? How did that all come about? At the back of the room I'm in, there's this huge box, which is like, oh, what's that big box? And uh, above it, there's a, a, a huge shelf. And on this space you can hear the biggest like clap sound and it's 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 useful and bad and i thought okay well, i need to do something with this so i've got to, i've got to, i've got to fill this room with shit so i filled the room with tr- traditional acoustic slabs these kind of things whatever and i put quite mm-hmm. a lot of them up and and then i got um acoustic curtains and put them on the back wall and i did a, a bunch of treatment and then I did some pre-recording and some recording after, and I didn't particularly like what I'd done. Firstly, I I kind of took this like annoying clap out, but also I made the room a little deader. And I thought to myself, 
okay, so if I've just, I'm doing the thing that I'm about, you know, I, I realised with, with what the direction I was going in and I thought I'll just stop there. So I took a few down and I basically left it pretty bare. And you can see that it's just open. Um, there's no, I've got no cloud uh, coverage at all. That it's just, and it's quite, it's pretty high ceilings, all curved, mm -hmm. all wooden. That'll do me. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, I've the the answer is I've done very little, and and the more I did, the more I, I took, I took, I stopped and took things down, and that's what um, another element is. If I if I did anything in there to change the sound, it would annoy me at the moment because I've got. There's a there's a sweet coherency <laughs> if somebody's been recording over a long time as well. So like I've been keeping it like that for some ongoing project for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like oh, oh no, wow. what if what if I need to do another day of that type of thing? So yeah, so that's been keeping me in a certain way for a while as well. You're like but fully entrenched. It. You're fully entrenched also in the sound of the room as it is. Yeah, but I also have some uh, you know uh, wall baffle things on wheels that I can wheel around and just, right, and right. stick around the drums and all the, all the usual things. Um, I can throw a, you know. Just to clarify, it. like you're usually recording bands like live in the room, but you'll reamp later. Like you're doing like DI guitar. Kind it of stuff. it depends. It really does. I will force that as much as possible because it just gives so many options. Then then we can have room mics. Then we can have live performance. Um, if they can do it without a vocal and just get the best version of the band, like they stand, like they do in the practice, because most of the time it's a band who are just it's it's straightforward you know guitar rock music or things to click tracks you know so like it just it, it really just depends i'm not going to pretend there's a myth of this like do people doing it live because if i can try and talk them out of it it's it's just a better production it, there's nothing worse than having a, a vocal take in the drum mics and the drum mics in the vocal take and some and like my, my space just doesn't allow for that and that's fine go somewhere else <laughs> I'm to right. I, I totally I totally understand if people want to be standing by a computer singing along to the song while a drummer's in another room. If they want to do that, that's fine too. Because it's all fake, if you ask me. You know, so it's just pick your fake. Pick how you want to <laughs> pick how you want to portray the song the best. Should be the should be the thing. And I think with certainly with rock music, it's you it's about getting the drums and the take actually with the energy that you think that song should have. And that's the thing, because mm. people go into a studio and often they will tone down their performance and they go home and listen to the takes and they hate it or they overplay or they, or, you know, there's a variety of things that go on in their mind that will change the performance. And usually a studio is a really good place to fucking throw a musician. It will, you know, like most, yeah. most of the, certainly like if they're not used to like doing drum takes and getting in the headphones and being acclimatized to it and just going, I need to play through it. If they've, if they've only done a few records and they've been quick, it's, it's just a challenge for most musicians, I think. So I think the, the number one thing I'm trying to do is to make them just be able to play the song the way they normally do. If not much better, you know, if not with a few tweaks, you can make it sharper or, Whatever. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I think like the fact that like musicians get totally like caught off guard in the studio and they like don't really do their thing. And I'm like the more the more I'm doing the studio thing, the more I'm realizing like the less sterile the better. Like the more weird or dirty or you know, jangly or like 
like once you hit hit a vibe, that's when you keep going and you and you just roll with whatever it is. And it, you can't even plan too much. You know what I mean? Like there's uh there's like this overthinking it and over perfecting it kind of problem that is is a problem with artists and also with audio engineers until they kind of realize that it's that it's not it's not actually a good way to to make records. You know? Yeah, you've got. I think it's about um keeping a coherency with the artist's vision. And the minute that they lose faith in your coherency of that, you're fucked. <laughs> like if they think you're not on the same path, you know, it, you won't get there because they already think that, that you're not there. You're getting it wrong, and that and that that capturing that is one. It, it's like totally the same capturing it as it is to when you have to approach the mix. If you spend too much time in the mix, it'll it's it's not fucking working. And there's there's, there's other reasons why uh, and I, I you know you can move things up and down uh, massage this that the other and it but like ultimately something's something's fishy it could be traced to somewhere else usually but yeah it's a coherency of keeping it quick is is definitely that's that's ultimately a, a, a the learning curve that i have took from being a private studio that records people now and again to being like an open facility that i record people all the time now the speed and decision making is, yes. is is it 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 really yes. is and i i found that mm-hmm. the if i force myself to do it quicker and that comes from um not just doing it quicker but from having really good preparation of the files and really good preparation of the 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 day and really good preparation of your logic before you go into mix and really good preparation of uh procedures like I'm really sharp on procedural things these days as well. So like, um, I I will mix kind of in stages now rather than just flying through it because it it can because I've got a weird ear and I really want them to benefit from the ideas I've got. But if I do a lot of work, sometimes it can fucking throw a band for six because they're like, "What have you done to this music?" Right. Uh, and it's I a fine I, line between like making the music better and pushing it too far into a different direction. Yeah, for sure. And I think I've, I've definitely been guilty of that in the past. And if they want we all to have, yeah. And if they want, <laughs> exactly. And if they want to access that, because it is a useful thing to check, I can show them that in stages and, you know, they can, so we can go through it together. And like, if they go well, that bit's a bit, we can just step back very easily. And that's been, and I'm not just talking save as points. I'm talking about like when you move into like adding effects to not, etc., or whatever. But it's it's just made it a lot mm. more clear if I do something. It clear. sounds like you're very transparent. I have about to the be. Process yes, I think you're with the artists. I think that's the only way to do it, and it's about like setting up some system or procedures or protocol that you use that will enable the trust to, to remain whilst you're still able to like um, be transparent about what's going on. And the clearer you are about where it's going, the easier it is working with your clients. Yes, I'm so the same way. Like. I'm like, if I, you know, I, I'll do, I'll take a mix to, let's say 80% or something, which happens quickly, right? Because usually the last 20% takes the longest. And I'll yeah. be like, is this a good vibe before I go further down that road? And, you know, usually, usually it's like, yes, this is totally the vibe. But then sometimes it's not. And then it's like easy to kind of like retrace my steps and, and take it back to where it was at the beginning. And it's like, yeah, it's just that open transparency. And then that communication of, of like always just saying like, this is what I did. You know, like, oh, I did this to the drums. I, I think it, it'll sound cooler or more like indie now or whatever it is. And just every little inflection point has like a little little note 
of like, you know, this is what we did. So the the artist or the band knows what we're up to, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that 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 helps them also trust you more. Yeah. I think some some I've been working with a lot of bands uh, mixing things over the summer and some people's um notes if you like, you know, their mix notes are just so good and yeah. you can have such a good relationship and it's just a breeze to work with them. And you could make any turn and it'd still work out fine. Uh, because the, the the nature of how you can communicate, <laughs> I've got yes. some 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 mm-hmm. some people I work with. It's just so Preach. yeah, it's so wonderful to work with. And then there's just some people who don't send any response at all, and then like you know might close down the thing, and like right. So you so so that's it. It comes it comes in many shapes and sizes, and it's really difficult to be able to predict how to how to work with that because. Sometimes the more you talk, the more it's just not, and especially if there's no responses and things, you're like, oh, well, this isn't working out. This one's not working. Right. Might might say more about your artists than than about yourself. Potentially, yeah. Um, but the, the working specifically, because this is my main job now as well, it, it's it's become like super important for me to, to get all of these things right. Because this, as I say, like when given the chance now the the speed of work i can actually approach and 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 the things i want to get for them i know exactly what to do if we've gone to this if we've got to this point and we're going to yeah. do we're going to get through this together come on let's well we let's just go over the top and just finish it it's, yeah. you know and i i really love it when there's a little there's um a hint of trust whether it be like your first demo you send for them or the first pass of a whatever uh, and then it's gained. It just makes it just. It's a really good uh, feeling when you know the ba- the ba- the bands on on the same page as you. It's great. Yeah, getting into that team teamwork kind of kind of stage. Yeah, and if you're working you- with like a solo artist, well, you know it's in, that can be so intense because it's just you and them, and maybe one other musician now and again popping in or yes. whatever. So like mm-hmm. I find I find that that's 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 it's it's a, it's a, it's a such a a luxury uh, relationship to have with someone where you're just working on their art f- for a bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it is intense, but I, I find you can get good results by like just trying to not make it feel like a studio session as much as possible. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just having like a regular normal conversation for like 20 minutes before you get into it. It's really make, helpful. Could, yeah. Could, could make the world of a difference. Yeah. And just, yeah, just, we're just, you know, two humans interacting and yeah. having a conversation and, and oh, let's get biscuits. into this music. Let's get, Cup- a couple, a couple of biscuits, yeah. Things like that. Acid reflux inducers. That <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> going back to our pre pre recorded conversation, uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you if you push back to the artists a lot in the studio. Like it sounds like you have very strong opinions about artistic things. Are you kind of like what's good? What's good for you? Or do you kind of like will have like an idea and be like very and have like a strong opinion and tell them? That's a really good question. I think. And this might be me just being a wet person. I don't know, but I, I, I kind of flitter between all of that, depending on. I'm trying to read what they want to happen, so I'm yeah. doing a lot. It's it's a lot of second, especially as I say, when they're in the same room, it's a lot of second guessing, and I'm trying to read what do, what do they want? Do they want to get through this? Do they want to deliver this? Do they want to have a harmony for this? Or do they want me to just shut up and they want to go home because they've had enough, you know, and they've done enough or they're, they're tired now or it's not for them today. It, it only comes with certain, 
it's usually vocals really isn't it because it's such an intense experience for, for for people especially if they're in headphones and they're not used to singing in headphones or strange things like that um and also again it comes down to this intention thing when people are singing at a show on an sm58 at 96 db in the room 113 db over there and it's all sound and ma- you know, like so that their experience and now being in a quiet room through a condenser mic it it takes sometimes acclimatizing to the experience for them to get into it uh, and i think i'm really good at getting people to relax and just get into it because i will point all this stuff out I'll say you're gonna feel, you know, especially if I, uh, it, it, as I say, I'm just trying to read them, and if I, if it looks like they're confused by something, it's probably one of those things. But they won't say yeah. that because they're just trying to look fucking cool, and like you know, they they they're just trying to not look like they're weirded out. You know, you know, <laughs> they're about to sing and they want to look cool when they sing, so right. they've just got to keep it together, man. <laughs> but like, meanwhile, they're, they're actually having like some existential crisis about something or other. <laughs> and, and 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 it and it is weird in their ears, you know. They're like, it sounds weird. It's I'm not used to to this thing. So like, I often like, you know, it's simple things like the volume of the headphones. Let's just reduce the volume of the headphones and see how you react to that. Oh, you you really lost. Okay, so let's go loud. Aha! Now you're you're because you're used to just loud singing or something like that. So like, sometimes people won't like. It's it's just finding the place where they go. I can re- I'm relating to what I wanted to do today. This is what I wanted to do. I've done it. And if you can get that out of someone quick, that's that's gold, especially with vocals. And as, as I say, like it's it's such a varied thing, and some people just can do it the same every time. And some people really, you know, will struggle over how they've delivered it because they've never actually listened to how they want to deliver. And actually they've been thinking about something else that they haven't really fulfilled yet in that line or whatever. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing you can do is have a piano as close to your mic as possible. Uh, and ha. then as we're just talking, I can just be strolling around and we just play and I just, we just play the piano a lot. And I get them very used to just going up and hitting the note that you need to sing and blah, 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 blah. And I think just a lot of things are going, here's the aid, here's the aid I use. Watch, you know, if they've never done that, which a lot of vocalists might not have, but they've, or whatever. It's just, it's there at the right of where the mic is. So it's just, and everyone wants to play a piano. So like, if you just let them like, just know that's your note and they'll play it every note and mm. it's just stop, stop, first shaky note thing and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and that gives like a like a tool to support them is very useful, you know. That's a very cool trick. I have a I have one artist that I'm working with. If she like feels like she's out of it, she'll like pick up an acoustic guitar and strum and sing, and it'll kind of recenter her. Yeah, hold it. If 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 they're doing a rock thing and they just look like they're just yeah. stale, say just just pretend you're playing the guitar again. Just, honestly, just do the movements and is it jerk, just jerk a bit as if you're jerking like a bloody jerky guitarist. Go on, do that. And they'll just automatically they'll just go into the zone that they normally feel. And you know another key component. Yeah. And I've, I've I've been like I've suffered from this. I've had a band in. They've done the thing. They didn't seem like it was the right thing. That's fine. They've gone away. And then I've won. I've watched the band live afterwards. I'm like, what the fuck was that? And it's like being a completely different band to who came in. And like on stage they were mental and just all over the place. And it was dead exciting. And in the studio it was quite like tempered and a little bit dull so it's like okay so did you want me to capture the thing you did live because you didn't do that when you came in the studio you froze 
you so like if you want to know what went wrong i think your intentions were bewildered by the studio <laughs> and you just kind of went all like wet and strange and you were just like, oh, oh whatever. So like, I think people need to, this is something I, so like, oh, again, this comes to like pre-production. I, I, I'm heavy on the like, please demo everything you're going to do before you come in. So if, so, if, so if you're doing something on the day when you come to me, like for instance, playing in headphones with no vocals, practice that. Don't just turn up and if, don't book in eight hours and turn up and just try it out for the first time after two hours of your recording session right okay let's like that's just like a roll of the dice and it's a really strange way to spend your money in my opinion so i'm always like please demo doing this put if you haven't got headphones or whatever that's fine but practice quite quiet therefore and like without vocals if that's what you're going to come in and do and then when you do it you'll just be doing it second nature and just demo it anyway if you can on your phone another thing i always ask for as well Mm. To get round some of this, like, missed intentions from the artist, I will ask for a video of them performing the song they're about to come in. Specifically, this is, like, indie mm. to indie rock bands, and it with drums and bass and guitar, basically. I will ask them, please send me a video, just a phone, you're in the, in the practice room, in the corner, naff. The sound can be blown out, I don't care, because I'm actually just looking for communication. I want to see, is the, is the second guitarist looking at the other guitarist's fretboard to see what the what the part is is the bassist looking looking for cues rather than hearing and and it's not a problem if they are doing that but i will be super aware of these things from the offset and i'll be able to like understand what when they come into the facility uh, i need to assist them maybe here here and here to try and get through this in a, in the way that they would prefer yeah wow that's so it's like deep research you know <laughs> but it i found that that thing yeah. will pay, will stop me sitting uh, wrestling with flex time on the drums because they can't fucking do a transition it's like right. i like everything that i've learned or figured out how to do in this machine to fix music i've decided i shouldn't be doing that and it should be done at the you know play it right at, at the source. source make it sound great there and then yeah all these kind of things like because it's just never going to be as as functional or as successful if it's been and shoddy and fixed. Yeah, I feel like it, it, with the tools that we have, it's kind of easy to go overboard with fixing things. And it's just like, well, if I have Melodyne, I can make every single note in pitch, but maybe they're better suited to be used here and there when there's an it's otherwise stellar performance, but needs like a little bit of help. And and, it, and it's genre specific as well. You know, if, like, yeah. I, I've no problem. For pop, it's different. Right? Yeah, I've no problem turning any pop song into a strange collage of squares. That's fine. But but <laughs> if the band's trying to sound like I Hate God or you know some doom band or something, what they they shouldn't be um, using Beat Detective. You know? Right. Totally. So it's, it's knowing knowing the artists yeah. that you're working with, studying them. And then it sounds like you also just have like good emotional intelligence in the room and kind of like picking up on on vibes that people are putting out. I, th I think that the facility I've got has allowed me to uh, hone my production skills because I've got this through fair of pre-production to very specific uh, tonal choices of how to record things and then a mix uh, that is related to, to those previous decisions. Yeah, so I get the, uh, uh, the through line is is has been really helpful for me with my production uh, and working with emerging artists. I'd Amazing. Say. 
so so let's get into mixing a little bit. You kind of talked about working quickly. Um, and I totally resonate with that. Like, tell me a little bit about your approach to mixing. I know also you have like a separate mix room that's in your house. It's separate from the recording studio. Tell us a little bit about your workflow. Yeah. Um, my studio sounds very roomy. Um, and to change that, I would have to have done an awful lot of things that I didn't particularly want to do to the sound. So it became apparent I needed to have two spaces and that's why I've got uh, a dry, normal, whatever, small mix at low volume, Neumann's, Apogee, easy. It gives me a different space as well. I can finish a session. I can do an eight-hour session in the, in the recording studio, shut down, come back, have din-dins, 10 on the other system, transfer over, everything's backed up. I've got it in three places already because of that, just because of that process. And then I start to work on on, on, the, on either the mix for that night or send just the timelines. So immediately it puts me in this like different position, different mindset. I arrive mm. to work in a different way. Um, they're all like silly little cheesy things, but they do make a difference, you know, instead of just sitting in the same chair all day. And also I've got a stand-up desk in the recording studio. I never sit down in the recording, whereas, so I always sit, you know, so that's a, another little different feature, which makes me, you know, I'm now doing this, you know, I'm in, yeah. the, I'm in, the, I'm in the triangle. So yeah, <laughs> I think that's, uh, that arriving to work the way you intend is, is useful. I think that's something I've trained myself to do. You, know. you get like into a headspace of like I'm recording now, and or a headspace of I'm mixing now. Yeah, I mean, when recording is very, very, um, I'm I'm at the whim, really. You know, I'm at the artist. I'll do anything for the to get the thing right there and then, and it, I'm I'm very much in that that thing. Whereas here, I'm at the song's whim, in my opinion, and I'm trying to get the song to the. You know, I'm serving mm. the song as much as cool. I'm serving the artist in the in the recording facility even though they're you know making those decisions also and so everything's in the box tell me about your your mixing workflow yep absolutely um any other way is an absolute nightmare um i've tried integrating things but if i do it's i don't have enough pieces to to do it the way i'd want to do it so i haven't got that set up like that having the two facilities that does a certain kind of workflow straight away so it was, where do I have all the equipment? Where do I have it? So I have basically capture it in the best way there. And I've got a few little key pieces here. I've got like a, you know, reel-to-reel copycat thing or whatever. But like I do some effect things and some whatever. Not, but not, it, essentially it must be printed because otherwise my, re, it's just not going to work for me. So um, yeah, in the box is the way I would describe it fully. And I love it. And how, fa- it. how fast do you typically mix a song? It, 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 now it's quick. Um, it feels like between four to eight hours, really. Um, but then the tweaks and the the mix notes. Let's say I usually take it in two or three revisions. That's that's like you should be there by that point. And yeah, it's probably about ten hours in all with like everyone's feedback. I'd say something like that. It should be, and it's different for an album, and it's different for like a, a concept thing where they're tying it all together. Um, right. And it depends on the if I'm doing the mastering as well, because once that kicks in, it's always just it's a little bit more adds a chunk on the end. Um, yeah, and I often and this is this is the through line I do enjoy as well, because if I get if I get to do the mastering, which often it occurs, I then will it will stop me and make me go back to my mix. I because I, I'm just already like <laughs> I, I turn into mastering guy, and I would immediately say, "Can you?" F- go back to your guy and sort, you know, because that's how I would respond with mastering generally. 
if something's like totally mental, I'll say, have you got your access to the mix? Maybe you should do some cutting there rather than me doing the loads of stupid things here. And if they mm. have that facility still, it's a it's a worthy dialogue. Uh, so I immediately, if I'm doing mastering, start shouting at myself about my own mixes, which is great. <laughs> so <laughs> so I will go back and do other things. If you're mastering, it's because of budgetary constraints, or it's or, or? I I think it's usually for for budget. And like even if I recommend people, they sometimes I'll do, you know, I'll I'll give them a, a test master, and they'll go and ask people, and they might come back to me anyway. So like it's it's a mix of reasons, I think so. Interesting. Um, I think they get used. To, I, I mean, this, I say this all the time. Demoitis is a yeah. is is such a it's such a taking over the world. I mean, it, like it's such a phenomenon. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a nightmare because if someone gets used to something and they it's good, why you know why change it? I suppose is the thing. It takes a very like keen ear to be able to change to what they like and go okay well i I can like another one the same so that that it, it, yeah it's quite a sophisticated ear that i think so it, i don't think it's a bad thing but it doesn't have to get in the way specifically if you do any like mix bus like, like this is the another thing i learned over the working with people is don't do yeah. anything <laughs> don't fucking do anything if i do major moves on that on the on the two bus that's it forever. Because if I do any tweaks, they're going to go, oh, it hasn't got the energy of that that absolutely blown out demo you sent me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, I know, because it was, uh, yeah. Which takes it back to the mix and fast thing as well or something like that. I don't know, yeah. Don't, do, you, do you do short increments when you're mixing? Uh, I do now, yeah. How short? Um, they're in like moves like all corrective work done. So I'll approach, like, say, pitch corrections or, or, or beats or whatever shit or whatever that type of thing, editing per se. Then we get past that. And once we get past that, I will move into, like, uh, uh, EQ, compressions, that kind of thing. Then uh, flavors of different reverbs and stuff like that might get tinkered with about roundabout there as well. It depends how, how uh, invested in their own tones that is. Um, that seems to be the safest passes for me, I think. Um, so therefore, at that point, you're just like, yeah, we're done. Yeah, it, no it, more you know, notes. Yeah, like if you, if we've agreed to that, to that, to that, to that, we're done. And then if it, and then if it, it, it's at least exposed that if they're experimenting, then aha, well, we're going round in the experiment. So you're still writing the song, which is fine. But let's talk about this. Is like how long this 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 writing process is going to go on before we finish the mix because <laughs> yeah. that, that it's fine but it's it made me at least be able to spot and acknowledge that we are we are doing that thing aren't we which is fine as long as we figure out how we're going to do that <laughs> right right can't be can't can't just do endless mix revisions for, just for, for forever yeah because it's like can we try uh, leslie cabinet on the tail end of the second snare of chorus three like oh man <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> if you want <laughs> everything everything for the right price and <laughs> yeah i love experimenting but i love experimenting when there's an outcome that is experimental rather than just let's just try stuff um, right it's really if hard to make if there's a real intention yeah yeah yes so speaking of experiments do you have any like creative tools that kind of help you do funky things that are out of the box anything interesting that kind of you reach to to kind of like grab people's attention i think during any session Part of what I have to keep an eye on, and this is why my facility is really, again, helpful for this, is just keeping an eye on them, just to see if they're going down. And sometimes 
it, it can be anything that will be upsetting the flow of what they're doing. A guitarist will have an, a variety of things on the floor that will be preoccupying their mind from playing the thing the way you want to play because something's not set right. And I think until you get all of these things dialed in, no one's going to be comfortable. So it's watching out for that. Um, sometimes mixing anything up is a good idea, giving them the wrong guitar that they should do the taking, classic. Um, making a singer play, with, uh, sing with a handheld instead of on a condenser, classic. You know, uh, just make, if, especially if it's rock music and they're doing this strange posing with their hands behind the blacks, like they're in, like, in a choir, which they've never sung like before, you know, give them a 58 and tell them to shout their heads off for five minutes and then put them back on the condenser and, and, and you know, get a good recording of it. But they'll at least have, like, opened up this uh, memory of what they do. I think it's it's all about returning them to what their intention was for their song. And I think that's why if you go, especially I'm talking, like, live bands here, but so it would be, like, you know, go see them live, get a video of them in their room, try and acknowledge that that is something that they want to maintain or do they want to tidy that up or clean that up um and then at least you'll have all of the answers to then for them when they arrive you'll know how to set up the mics how close to uh, put the baffles uh, how much you want to have amps on in the room it's a, you know it will inform everything um because in, in, the intention of the artist is what you're trying to um pacify you know, they must feel like that that they've been met with that, and it's you know there's a loads of ways to do that. So mixing things up is really important. Awesome. So it all goes back to the intention. Amazing, Stephen. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about your band, Atap. Oh, I pronounced it wrong. It's uh, Apat. Like I said, I like it when people say it wrong. Right. Everybody pronounces it wrong. But yeah. That and that's okay. So Apat, tell me a little bit about your 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 band, how it got formed, and I know you just did a 26 day tour. What was that like? Oh, it was like a test to see if we could, uh, after Brexit, leave the country as musicians. <laughs> it turns out, <laughs> you, turns out you can. So we 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 thought we'd do a a, a safe version by just going to France rather than because each country you got to visit, you got to do a different VAT for. So it's just like oh fucking hell. Mm. So we thought we'd just do just do one place. It was fine. It was good. It was lovely. It was June in the south of France and things like that. So it was very very hot in a van driving at, at peak time so yeah I, I, being a uh, classic brit band of just sweaty white people it was just hilarious um but it was lovely and the french really love love stupid music and apat are a very stupid band so it works like a charm we've just released a record that was very nice we were doing that thing of playing songs from the record that we've just released so it was that yeah, well, we're going to listen to some of that music in the sauce segment, so why don't we jump over there, and then you can kind of talk us a little bit behind the scenes of of making your own music. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you sent me a track called Cigarettes and Margarine, I'm pronouncing it the British way, <laughs> by your band APAT. Let's have a listen to that for about 90 seconds, and we'll chat about it. Does that sound cool? Sure. Thank you. 
Yeah, Steven, this sounds so cool. It's so, I love the bass. I love like the synth bass and the, the sound of the drums. And it's like super frenetic and like all over the place. Yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that production and what went into it. The brief was power ballad. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> that is not what I heard. <laughs> but the the writer, I didn't write the song. The writer is Empress Play from the band APAT. And the brief from her was power ballad. Uh, my role has always somewhat been in the band in the band to be like the producer of the of, of the thing, and that's where I think all this came from. Because recording so much stuff, it, it turns out that's all I was doing. I was like a lot of the time I was writing things, but a lot of the time it was and it is other people's music. That's why I work with mu- many musicians. I've been in, in the act, and that's that's one of the amazing benefits of it. So I've been able to produce other people's work. So that's when <laughs> when I fiddle around with synths and things, they come out come out a bit, maybe a bit like that so that that's uh, <laughs> and, and hence the um you know the um early reflection snare kind of <laughs> you know gated reverb vibe that's that's a power ballad thing isn't it and so like yeah, a, lot of the, so. a lot of the like the, the thought process for for me about production if given the chance is to like see it through so uh, there's a real message in that song. It's kind of like a health message. It's about like eating well and not having oh, the bif- really? yeah. It's about no not shit. not having the bifters and not eating not eating margarine. <laughs> you know. <that's> it. <laughs> so there's a there is a, a, a somewhat of a message there, and that's a one take delivery of vocal as well. Which oh which, wow, which much debated hundreds of other takes. No, it's that one, and it was just so full of just going bananas and like, sounding like. A completely uh, visceral, you know, t- take. I was like, no, that's the one. We'll just, we'll just make it sound interesting. Yeah, I love the distortion on it. Also, yeah, it's kind of all over the place, but it's it's interesting. Uh, yeah, why not? Why not? Wait, so tell me about that. How did you make that synth bass? What was that? That would be an just just arpeggiated thing. Probably the I think it's the MS twenty mini. Yeah, it's the MS twenty mini. I'm pretty sure, um, and just. M- MIDI and that back into that squelcher on the thing, brilliant, great, epic, yeah. Um, and it's it's it, it kind of makes it uh, slow shenanigans like all the song. The song's got a double time feel to it, so it can it's, right. it sounds oh. so. It's quite a. It's otherwise it's it's a very you know paced number except for this like double time arpeggiated thing. Hey, oh. if your song's not working, pop an arpeggio on it. That's really interesting. That's kind of like the uh, it's kind of like the uh, Paul McCartney thing on uh, Come Together. Or is it really the Ringo fills? You know, it's a very slow song, but because there's so many Ringo fills and That's that bass line, yeah, it point. feels feels like it has so much momentum, even though it's a very slow song, right? It's like a similar kind of same trick situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got to bring in my Beatles knowledge whenever I talk to a Liverpudlian. I love it. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'm obviously I'll wearing the Beatles shirt today because nice. Because that's how that's how it goes. Nice. Goes pure pure coincidence, or just not on purpose. <laughs> yeah, the, the Russells. Yeah, but the bass. It sounds. It's, I really like the the tonality you got out of that that synth bass specifically. Is there, are the drums done in your studio? Is that the sound of your studio's drums? For sure. Yep. Yep. I think I'm certain that's a kick and an overhead, and that's it. No shit. Yeah, I swear. I, I'm pretty sure that's like. Sounds fat. And I think big. it's. I think it's one overhead. I think, and it was high, and then it's just. It's all in the 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 um, gated reverb. The, 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 and there's a, there's a tr- there's a trigger on the kick as well. There's sure. like a wisdom to 
how they built the acoustics of these churches, right? <laughs> Potentially. I mean, I, th- I think it was like um, like the Lady Chapel or something like that. So it's got sympathetic uh, tones in the in the in the room. I think for singing and prayer and stuff like that. Nice, I'll give you a nice re- mid-range or something. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Epic. Wait, so t- do you remember what you did on the vocals there to make them sound so aggressive and frenetic? And Usually just a few layers of different things. I'm pretty certain it's got like a big crush thing going through it. I'm pretty certain it's got a Devi lock on one point. I'm pretty certain mm. it's got, there's a, I think it's a free plugin called Fracture. Hmm. I'm sure it's gone. I'm sure. I'm pretty certain it's gone through that. Um, they have another one called Hysteresis, I think. Glitch machines. That's the one. Yeah, pretty sure. Cool. Pretty sure there's a there's a healthy dollop of that in there. Oh, I've never heard of it. It's free. Yep. And here you go. Big up. Get in touch. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. That and it's really it works well live as well. It's all over the place. Yeah. What What was it like to produce a whole record for a band that you've been a part of for so long, this deep into like an audio engineering career? Um. At this At this point, it's just the what I've 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 done all of them. So that's it's it's just what the project is in my head. Um. And uh, this is like the eighth eighth full release. Uh. And we've been releasing music on things since two thousand and two. Sure. So I've been going twenty one years. Yeah. So that's nice. Um. So so I'm used to it by now, and it's been part of my. If you start at the first release and go through to now, it definitely sounds like I'm learning, or was learning, yeah. or is learning, and will be continually learning. Uh, my tastes have changed as well, so that's another thing as well. And my output taste for this band, that's changed. So there's some red herrings on the way as well, if you like, or whatever. So. Right now, it's stock that I do that. Um, and as I say, on this record, there was two songs mixed by Udi Kumran, and they're the first songs that have ever been mixed by someone else on one of the releases, I think. I'm saying of it. Why do you guys choose to send out those songs? It was just to see what would happen. And it turns out it sounds like something I wouldn't do. And that was the that was the end of that. <laughs> and it's great. And it's <laughs> fine. But I just wouldn't have made those choices. And he wouldn't have made the choices on the rest of the, the other things either side of it. So it, that's, it was a good experiment. Uh, and I'd definitely be interested in doing it again. I'm less precious now as well. I right, guess. you've I, kind of put in enough reps that you don't feel like you need to prove yourself. Something like that. And it's also like... Um, that extra element of chance is 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 cool. It's like oh, it's, right. di- it's different. There you go. Yeah, it's it's just different. It's <laughs> always fun sometimes to see what like someone else like just even like with mastering, right? Like you like what the mastering engineer is going to do to your song is he just has he or she has a, just a totally different set of ears for sure, and it's going to be like you know you're going to get something totally different, and sometimes it's better, and sometimes. It's not necessarily what you want. You just ask for a little revision and it's fine. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. but like... I think I think what we kind of um, serve is taste. I think that it's like, this is something I've, I've, I've defo understood because I don't have a, an SSL, whatever, and I don't have these other things. Some, why are people coming to me? And it's because of my taste. They want a, a version of something that might be connected to something I might understand and they want to work on it together. That's that. It seems to be the objective, um, right? And that costs nothing. It just takes a, a certain record collection and a bunch of experiences and whatever. Yeah, you're the sum total of all those records that you loved and whichever ones you loved more versus a little bit less or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that's just kind of how our ears developed. 
Someone told me on the podcast once, which I thought was interesting. It's like, we are the, you know, we, it's our failure to be somebody that we want to be that kind of turns us into ourselves. It's like, you know, me wanting to write a song like Tom York turned me into the songwriter that I am today. Cause like, obviously can't write like Tom York. I can only write like me. You'll end up being the guy and, from Muse. Right. I'm not, I'm not, not that either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe the guy from Muse or Coldplay. Yeah. Yeah. I think like there's, there's plenty of people who can just mix to a, to a, to a spec. Um, and I think there's ones who take some kind of like different punts and, and try different things out and, 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 yeah, I think they're usually the more interesting things, aren't they? So that's that's the angle I think I've been com- coming from. Hopefully, um, that that can be found from my, you know, discography on on, on Spotify or whatever. There, it's just so varied and strange. But th- none, nevertheless, like I feel like when you're mixing a song at that point, you're still just you're not you're not like consciously trying to like hone it in towards your taste. You're just trying to serve the song, but serve inevitably. The song, yeah. Inevitably, your taste and your filter and your your lens or whatever will kind of come through because that's just what you like to hear and how you hear music. For sure. I, I mean, I've got, I've 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 worked on a track with a, a, an artist at one point, and sometimes I have to play a lot of instruments on things for people. Sometimes that's how it works. And this particular set of chords they were using, everything it was it was like a, a list. It was like seven major chords in a row. So every single note I was bringing out in any single timbre on any single instrument was going to be those chords because I'm not going to I'm not there to change it. But anything I was playing, they just kept saying that just sounds so happy and uplifting, and I don't want that. But it was seven major chords in a row, so you get this unusual challenge of like I can't use the notes that are in the chords because you think it's too happy if I use your notes. And you just have so to like, so it's like, what do we do? So like, all you can do. What is do you get, do? You just, change the chord to minor, no? <laughs> well, exactly. So I can't get into that because that that will never rock because that's they've, they've got these chords, you know. Anyway, so you have to find different solutions to like different questions that often aren't making any sense sometimes, but like that you know you know that they don't <laughs> want that now. So and if I ever put if I bring out any of the notes, you're not in, so like. Again, just reach for the arpeggiator probably at that point and um, make it <laughs> put a distortion on it. That's the solution to everything. That's probably distortion, what... and, distortion and arpeggiation and we're good to go. I think that probably solved the problem. Really? Yeah. <laughs> distortion and arpeggiation. That's mm, amazing. It's good to go. That's a hilarious. I, I, I will often revoice chords for artists, usually because artists are not necessarily the best you know, musicians, right? They might have a good song and a good melody and even yeah. a good voice, but like they might not really understand music theory or whatever so sometimes just like a little spicing spicing it up can really make a big difference yeah 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 yeah. stop the triads yes please let's do something let's do something different epic uh so good i i I, so i want to draw this interview towards the close and uh i want to get to a couple questions that i get to on every episode and i'm i'm happy I'm, i'm curious to hear your your thoughts on some of these questions but but yeah like i guess the first one will be creative energy you know, we all have days where we're super pumped to get in the studio, uh, do our thing. But, you know, obviously there's days where we're less hyped. What do you do to kind of keep yourself in that good zone? You know, whether it's habits, routines, or, you know, just uh, I don't, whatever whatever it is, anything. My time is music 24-7. So if I'm, basically, if I'm not 
working on someone else's music I'll, I'll, that gives me the chance to go and work on my own music and that's how I operate really similarly coming back from a tour just just then the first thing I was keen to do is to just mix someone else's music I was itching to mix and I've got a record that I was returning to and I've been really looking forward to like getting into the sessions and arranging them and you know getting excited about it because this one's going to sound you know it's always like the next thing so I've got the same kind of itch from doing other people's music as I have for my own which is very very helpful because I can easily flim flam the two I do a lot of video work as well so if I don't feel like doing musicy things I will go onto a different computer <laughs> and I will do <laughs> different arranging of squares on squares for nice. that day and that's a slightly different pr project so that keeps me amused too <laughs> uh, that's cool that you can do that because i find video like so overwhelming there's like so much like um friction for me like to like i know i have to do some video work because like whatever it's 2023 you gotta make some content you have to make promote yourself you have to do but i find there's so much friction it's like ah i should just be working on music right <laughs> yeah i think it's um I mean, for the last record, we've just done a video for every song, and I've done that before on an album as well. So I'm kind of into. So sometimes it's like 14 videos per thing or whatever. So I'm into doing bulk. Sounds like you. Stuff. Sounds like you work all the time. Well, work is play. If you enjoy the things that you know, it's that stupid statement. But like, I try my very best to only do things I enjoy. So like, I I, I do stuff that I like. You know, yeah, that's, that's so help. It's helping. It doesn't it doesn't pay. Doesn't get any money. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have a good time in this in this world and and make the most of it. And past time, it's not it's not it's not a bad life. You know, you can you can, and if you're in a reasonable city, you can find enough work. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's definitely great. So it's it's basically just it's either music or it's video, and that's that's pretty much on all the time. You've got yep. like an internal drive yep. to just keep at it. And and composition for things, I, do, I sometimes get to, to do some music for stuff on things. So that's usually like bigger, bigger pay and much less work. The least paid thing I do is being a musician. Um, right. Uh, and the only way you do that really, I now know again, is to just be out. So like go, if you play out and do a show each day probably six days a week, you, 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 you can do fine. But I don't really like doing that. I prefer composition discoveries and combining it with uh, understanding production. APAT for me has been a, a production understanding, you know, um, course of how to navigate through music. Um, and it's been... Um, a, a catalyst to a lot of different decisions in, in my life um so yeah it's, it's 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 super important i think it's like all the all the little elements in your life feed this bigger picture of this yeah. creative life that you're living basically yes that's hopefully what i could say to my mother without her being upset <laughs> i love it <laughs> Amazing. It's awesome. been lovely so, chatting to you, Ben. It's been lovely. Yeah, totally. Uh, likewise. And yeah, you're, you're such a cool guy. And also, I, I loved your episode on Working Class Audio. I feel like people should go check out that if they want to kind of hear more about your backstory. That's why I kind of tried to keep that on the TLDR. Nice. Good <laughs> and, choice. Great choice. Yeah. Oh, so we're, we're basically down to the final question of the show, which you, you probably know is coming. And we talked maybe earlier off the air about what that might be, the answer might be. So I'm, I'm excited to hear it. Um, but like looking back on your journey, was there something that you either did or didn't do that you'd want to impart on your, either your earlier self or somebody who's at the beginning of their journey of being like, yo, Steven, keep at that. It's going to get you where you want to go or 
Stephen, don't do it. It's holding you back. What'll be that one, that one piece of advice? Uh, one piece of advice I give my early self. Do it now. That confused the fuck out of me. Do it now, Stephen. And I'd be like, do what? And then I'd just be like, does he mean go into the supermarket and kill everyone? Or does he mean start the small shoe shop? Does he mean, what does he mean? And if it was your own voice doing it as well, it'd be a nightmare. <laughs> You're taking this too literally. Oh, right. Okay. I guess I, did that, what did I say earlier? What made you think I've already answered it? You were talking about the fact that um, <laughs> you're a producer because you're producing and you know, it's not really about the gear. It's about just opening, opening up shop and saying, Hey, I'm doing this and finding people and, and just doing that. I, I think it's something along the lines of you consistently reaffirming something to yourself. Hopefully, hopefully it's always positive affirmations rather than negative ones. And like, you may find yourself in in a terrible job, not enjoying it, but like you might have in your head that you're not going to stay there for long and you're going to do different things to get out of that. And similarly, like when you are trying to make music, you may constantly have these little epiphanies, like little mini ones, like when you're recording in headphones and we've all done it when you're doing a take and you think, oh, maybe if I sing it like that, it's different. And then you start noticing that if you move your mouth in a different way, it sounds different in the mic. And you start getting onto these little tiny, tiny, tiny details that mean more than other things. So you start focusing your time on those details. And I think that like, if you stick to keep discovering moments like that you're going to be okay because you've found a, mm. just a list of endeavors which are uh, valid to you whatever they be whether that's working in healthcare or fucking around with plugins or, or whatever you know hopefully yeah. you'd be doing something more valid and useful to the world i should have okay what i should have said is Stephen, stop goofing around and do something valid that'd have been cool <laughs> do something so so it's like it's, it's it's basically having an open mind to kind of learn things and to pursue your curiosity inside of audio and and just don't stop being curious and learning and having a beginner's mind. Yes, and I think that goes back to what we started with. It's like play. You must have fun and engage with it and enjoy it. And if it's not being like that, there's another thing you can be doing. And there's ways that you can feed that throughout, even in like really crummy situations. <laughs> Yeah. You can you can you can yeah. find a way through um to enable you to just be able to put those mics on that drum kit and record the fucking drums. You know. Right. And I think when you're saying do something valid, you're saying and also just like finish the record, right? Like finish that, things. That that's a really good one. I think that's like from beginners level musician right to perfectionist yes. mixing bozo, it's a really good bit of advice, yeah. Deadlines are great. Deadlines are the best. Yeah. It's it's cr when you only have an hour to do something, it's crazy to, to see how much you can do in an hour. And yeah. I'm not saying you should do everything in an hour, but like um <laughs> somebody gave you a project due yesterday and he's like, I just I'm gonna pay you a certain amount of money to do, to put in two hours of work. I was like, Okay, fine, I'll do that. And I I realized like I only have an hour to do this and then I'll I'll probably finish it another day, but let me just put in that one hour and I'll be like, Hey, I got started. This is where, and I basically got like 95% of the way done in an hour. I was like, I'll do for those final tweaks tomorrow. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It seems fine. And I was just like, Oh, okay. I could do that. 
Yeah. And you just like, you realize what you could do if your time is limited. You still have a just... little break in the middle for nip the bathroom or something. You know, it's fine. Yeah, almost. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you'll, you'll, it's amazing what you could do in a little bit of time. And, oh gosh, uh, sometimes I get requests and it's against the principle of how I would prefer to record. So a band will say, hey, we want to come in and we want to do it live. We want to do it live. And it, it's usually a budgeting thing. And sometimes it's a time-based thing. And sometimes they can only meet for a certain amount. And they don't care. They just want to do it like that. And sometimes that's the best recording you're going to make. You know, the, it, it, it just is. Because they don't care. They just wanted to get a capture of it. And you just go, and just do it very live. And it is very, very, very good. And you're like, ah, fuck, man. I wish everyone could do that. It also depends on if the band have got it. You know, yeah. I think a lot sure. of people have a, a, into the romanticism of of doing it a thing, and it's raw and blah blah blah. blah. But if they, they they need to have it as well, that 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 is a right. It's like if you're prepared, that. if you've practiced, right, then then you could set yourself those kind of like crazy deadlines, just kind of yeah. like do something. But it will you, it, it will enable it for sure, and you'll be inspired because it's so fast. Yeah, I mean, when I do the sessions, the live video sessions, I do find that that is the big difference because I know I I know it's like that. They know it's like that. And I'm like, you're not doing it more than three times because I'm not filming it three times and going through the edits. So it's like I always cap it at three. There's no more than three. So it's a bit like saying, you know, you've got three. <laughs> That's it. One of these is going to be it. And, yeah. you know, come hell or high water, whatever, yeah. however the term goes. And I'll probably film incrementally better. On the third one, I'll really know the moves and what, who's doing what. You'll probably play the first one the best. And then you'll play two quite ropey ones. Right. And that's basically the deal. And, and, and like, so consequently, I will try and make them do the, the third one because I like the filming, but I'll end up using the first one and like cutting some weird shit together. But the take is usually frantic and amazing and, you know, like in the pocket. Um, yeah. Right. And that's ranging There's... from like quite avant garde, like jazz bands I've had in doing these sessions to like just, you know, uh, rough and garagey type things. Like the energy is just always so much more interesting on like take one. It's just incredible. You know, yeah. you, can, you can sense it, you know. I, f I found this um, mm. video is a real um, bonus to working in audio and even just using it, as I say, as like, can I see your practices to... I have like a multicam setup in my studio and sometimes I turn that on and it's on as like with screens and people can see that they're being... They're, they're on something... That's and so cool. It, it changes the mental state of people knowing they're being filmed. And some people really don't want that, and that's cool, so they won't be on. But some people don't mind. And I've got it, like, rotating this five-cut camera with one of those ATEMs. And it's really interesting how uh, uh, musicians respond to knowing they're being filmed. Wow. It's just a, just a thought. It's a thing. Yeah, that's really interesting. I was just listening to an interesting podcast. Uh, it was an interview with Tim, with Tim Ferriss right. on the Colin and Samir show. Uh, recommended by Travis Ferrance, who was a recent guest on the show. He was saying, like, what are the benefits of doing, like, a video podcast versus an audio podcast? Because knowing it's a video podcast changes the dynamic of how the interview is going to go because it's a totally different thing. And, like, with the audio podcast only, you could capture somebody, you know, anywhere, anytime almost. It's way more flexible and, like, people are more at ease usually. And a video kind of gives it this more, like, steroid shot kind of thing. It's a totally sure. different... It's yep, a totally yep. different, uh, different beast, and so you kind of have to know what what are you going for, and then you can kind of choose which one you, to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I fully, I fully agree. 
There's something about when a an artist is being watched perform. <laughs> of course, I mean it's bound to make a difference, isn't it? Really, it, even it, when I'm playing bass and like let's say I play bass at a wedding gig, and then the photographer goes on stage and starts to take pictures of me, I starts I get flustered, you know, because then I'm like, oh shit, uh, what does my fingering look like? I, I <laughs> you know, play, I need to play a complex chord. Yeah, exactly. Now I need to like, you know. Make sure I'm looking cool while I'm playing a bass line instead of just generic bass face. M- music is a lot of things to a lot of people. And sometimes it is just like people want to look like look cool or kiss kiss boys or girls. It's, it is just like these primitive things. And the studio is like all of a sudden sometimes people go, what the fuck is this? When, they, when, when they're trying to release the thing that they normally can just do when they're in front of people. And all of a sudden there's nobody there. And so, like it really is a it's a different symptom because it takes quite a sophisticated artist to get into that headspace to now do the same thing and I, I really do I believe that more now than I've ever thought it you know after working with so many people it it's it's the stuff that you need to do to make them feel comfortable in that unusual environment yeah Wait, so 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 beyond all the other things that we just talked about, which were so much and so deep, and people should like re-listen to this last little bit that we talked about, do you want to go on a little bit of a riff or a rant on like you're doing it just because you're doing it? Because <laughs> I felt like that was a great little, great little rant that you gave me earlier. Maybe I won't be able to recreate this that moment. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's that old statement, right is right, isn't it? That's like a good adage, right. and I feel like it's just there's a, there's a similar connectivity. I think like producers have clientele. You know, if you've got people who you're working with, you're fucking working with people. And, you know, how did you get them? Doesn't matter. You've got people you're working with. And you just need you need more if that's your if that's your game plan, you know. Um and some and it's it's a healthy hobby. You don't need to choose it as a as a lifestyle or, or an endeavor or a, a money earner. You can still just be doing this and figuring it out and getting good at it for as long as you want until you put all your eggs in one strange basket. Do you have a facility as well, Ben, or are you a mix engineer primarily? Um, that's a good question. I mean, my facility is a home, is a room in my home, so it's yeah. a home studio. Yeah. And I do a lot of production, mostly with singer-songwriters, and kind of build up full tracks for their songs. And uh, if I need to do drums, we'll hire someone out, or we'll go to a different studio with a drummer um, kind of thing. And it's, um, I occasionally do live recordings. I really like doing live recordings, but it's it's such a hassle at this stage of my life and slipping gear is just not not what I have time to do. So I'm doing I don't do very much of that anymore, although I really like it. And someone recently told me I'm good at that. So I'm like, hmm, wouldn't it be nice to build the big studio one day? But we're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh but uh yeah, I'm I'm trying to do more mixing because as a father of young kids, mixing is like the most sustainable edge of this kind of of the space that I'm in. So I'm trying to do more of that. Um, I do really like mixing. I don't know if I like mixing more than I like producing, but it kind of, I, I, I probably like them equally. And like, it makes more sense at this stage of my life to be doing more mixing, you know, in the room of my house, the way my life is currently set up with young yeah, kids. Yeah. And you're, you're a musician here, aren't um, you? Yeah. Bass player. Yeah. So like, you know, you, you that's uh, some engineers don't know that bit and that's, that's that's such a yes a, a, you know a, a tool in the kit is oh s- yes yeah. and like sometimes uh an artist's surprised that like i'll know how to 
talk music. <laughs> they think you're just an engineer, but really... Uh, they must encounter that frequently or something. Or don't connect that. You might know that as well or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, for me, being a musician is like, is paramount because it's like, I'm building these tracks usually with the singer-songwriters I'm working with, you know, together with them. And so it's like, most of what we're doing is me and the artist in the room playing all almost all the instruments, if not all the instruments. Yeah. And so it's so it's just my musicianship is really what is my productions for the most part. So like being a bass player informs kind of so much of how I produce, like my take on the bass. And, you know, that'll that'll be like a, a springboard for what kind of guitar part I might do or piano part I might do. And and so or just my limited tools my limited toolkit on the guitar will inform how a production goes because like I do some things very well, but I don't do other things very well. So, you know, you're more likely to get like, you know, punk style guitar or arpeggios or something rather than like a very fast, I don't know, like a Van Halen solo or something. You know what I mean? So those things all inform kind of the way my productions sort of turn out at the end of the day. If that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. I work with a few clients here and there in a similar role it's exciting i quite like it sometimes people come in and hum just humming songs and you have to turn that into songs you're like all right okay that's fine i I find them just as challenging and as rewarding as a seven-piece avant-garde jazz act you know it's yeah all all interesting and it gets you doing different things and, and and trying out techniques and approaches that you wouldn't get to do in other projects so yeah i i love it all yeah. It's all it's all good. Yeah. Like I really like working with singer-songwriters and I kind of would love to do more bands, but it's just not I'm just not set up so much for it right now and but maybe that will change in the in the future, but not well, not for a little bit, I think. Well, if you need a space in Liverpool come and uh, use the <laughs> yeah, that would nice, be great. Use my nice room. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll be in touch with you if I'm ever in Liverpool. I think that's probably on the to-do list one day, right? <laughs> yeah, you could go Liverpool. see the Terrible Beatles Museum and complain about the food. It'd be good. And probably have a better time recording in your studio. <laughs> yeah, you have a great time. I think like some of the things that like I noticed that from opening my facility is like, oh, what you know, when you're like, what? So what am I good at here? Is this is this working? I noticed I was good at getting people to feel at ease, and I was getting takes. And then I noticed when I was, you know, putting the website together, and I started gathering testimonials that like people were saying really nice things. And then I noticed that people were saying nice things to other bands and bands were just turning up and getting in touch because of other bands telling them. So that was all like a wonderful thing to experience that it's like, ah, I think I'm good at getting them to record what they wanted to record. And that the thing I found hard is all the, all the other bits, actually it's, 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 it's getting the, 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 I find from the mix onwards, if, because of, I think from when I started having, a mixed bag of how I would do the tasks until I found my processes and refined my, you know, rendered down all these thoughts of how to do it into quick, easier, more understandable ways for everyone. Like the, even though I wasn't really having any, I wasn't having any problems. I was just thinking that things were just taking longer. And now, and now I know this wouldn't be the case now. So like, I, like I can see that that's been like, oh, that journey's just been like, super useful for my understanding of what I'm, what a mix is for a start rather than because like in my in the past my own mixes and i found when i was doing the last record of, of our own material 
I hit this area of going, I think I'm going to have to arrange and tidy this up because I can't just do it messy anymore. It's, I, it's it, I, So that was a good experience to understand that. Because in the past, it's just fucking chaos and, you know, a million different things, rubbish and ugly and unorganised. Because it's your own stuff, it doesn't matter. But like, mm. I think that, that, that change of, like, swapping over, of going... I think I'll probably mix this better if I just arranged my own shit. So that was yeah. just a, that was a, like, wow, I must have made a 10 in a road there. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like you just have like a, an outlook of, of lifetime learning. And like we, we talked about like the beginner's mind and um, I mean, play, playing, but it's also work and it's serious and you're doing things that are viable. So yeah, it's like all that, all that in one, the big, the big, the mosaic of, the things that you're doing, you know, life, <laughs> life. Exactly. Well, Steven, this has been so fun. It's what a pleasure to get to schmooze with you in real life. Well, not in real life over zoom, but still in real life Virtual versus, zoom versus, life. versus Instagram chat, which yes. we've been chatting for, for a little bit. Um, yeah, really great to meet you. I love what you're doing. I love the vibe and, and the, the creative energies that you're putting out in the world and yeah, just keep it up. And, uh, I hope to meet you in Liverpool one day. Thank you so much for doing this. It's my pleasure, Ben. Nice chatting with you. See you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Secret Sonics. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you've been digging the show, it would be awesome if you could share this episode or your favorite episode with a friend or two, and or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcatcher of choice. That's it for now. Have a great week. Take care and dig in. See you soon. Bye-bye.